Yeah, we've got this down to a science now. Say what now? Welcome to Potter Familius. Coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. I definitely talked before the intro. And I definitely have a new shirt on. Because your mom been watching the videos oh she got you new shirts yes she <laughs> bought me podcasting t-shirts that's awesome she's like wear this one because it's great with your eyes so are you and, coordinating by the day of the week now and wear this one because it's gorgeous oh wait now did she just get you like a a just big two. bag of Walmart. Oh, okay, I no, thought you meant. I thought you meant like five, and no, you were going to accessorize. Knew, she knew I'd be like, "Come on, don't get out of hand." But she got me two, hmm. which is kind of crazy. It still sounds like your mic is a little lower than my mic. I'm going to turn you up. It sounds good in my headphones. Yeah, because your headphones work on both sides. Yeah, you're the audio guy. You're supposed to fix all you the audio. You bought the equipment. I'm trying to do the video. This is your I'm fault, Behringer. The 52-year-old guy. We're not sponsored trying, by Behringer anymore. We're, I'm the 52-year-old guy trying to do <laughs> the IT stuff, and that's nuts. That's not what IT means. I'm trying to do all the digital things. There you go. I'm not helping you out with this one. You're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, Main thing? Yeah, here we go. It's the main thing! Yeah, yeah, yeah! One book that I highly recommend for everyone to read is... Dr. Chapman's book on the five love languages. And when that first hit the scene in my life, it's been around for decades now. But when I started reading it and a lot of people were popularizing it and talking about it, you can kind of read people on what their main love language is by the way that they love others. Okay. So if let's say you're really good about giving cards and giving little gifts and things, people are like, oh, your love language is receiving gifts or if you're great at giving hugs and holding hands, all oh, your love language is physical touch. Is that because you naturally want to love other people the way that you most want to be loved? Absolutely. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. But for many people, they were like, oh, well, Todd, obviously your love language is words of affirmation because you're big on words of affirmation. Right. And I said, well, no, not really. I just like giving words of affirmation because A, I grew up in a house where sarcasm was the norm and i'll be honest a lot of my relatives very witty very witty people funny but it was oftentimes kind of biting mm. and i grew to not like it and i grew also to try to weather it well okay you kind of put up your barriers you, you put your defenses up and you know that it's coming and most of the time, you felt like it was just a setup. Yeah. Like, here it comes. Here's the zinger. Yep. Zinger's coming at you. And I grew to not like it. So after a while, and unfortunately, I developed those habits, though. Mm -hmm. And I will be completely honest here and say, I was funny. I was a funny guy. I was a class clown. Yeah. And it's easy to just zing people. Yes. Here is. we go. Cha-cha. Here it comes. And people are like, yeah, here it comes. It's a setup, baby, and it's yeah. coming at you. So for whatever reason, whether it was because of my conversion experience when I was growing up, and 
I just decided I'm not going to do that anymore. And it, it was hard. It was not an overnight change. It was something that I had to be really conscious about, but I started listening more to myself and I started placing myself in the position of the receiver of what was it like when you said this stuff? And most of the time people would go, huh, you know, they kind of slough it off right. and laugh. But it, I think it really hurt. I think it really hurt a lot of people. So I got to a point where I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And gradually I got to a point where I'm like, no, no, no more. So then, okay, so th- this is how it developed in stages. Yeah, because I was going to ask, I, I have a different uh, memory of how this all worked, but that's maybe because of what you're about to say. Okay. It got to a point where I would try to not say the the biting, sarcastic things that were funny. And there, sometimes it felt bad because there was a total setup. Like you are lobbing that pitch to me. Like how they bait Michael in the office? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. And that's how I felt everywhere that I went. And mm-hmm. it was hard because you're like, mm, don't say it, don't say it. And then it got to a point where I was like, all right, the easiest way to not say it is to say something positive. And then I tried to develop those habits. And now you guys, you and the rest of your siblings make fun of me and I'm okay with it. But it, you're like, <laughs> oh, here, here you go, dad. Oh, there's so much beauty in the room. It's like it's going to explode. <laughs> well, you, you also understand that we're not necessarily making fun of the nice thing. We're making fun of how often you say it. Okay. All right. So, and I'm okay with that. Okay, awesome. I'm, I'm okay with when we first started texting. Hey, guys, you, you heard that? He's okay with it. Yeah, so we I can, am. We can do it forever. I am. Remember when we first started texting and you guys were like, Dad, you, you don't say love. I love you. Love, Dad. <laughs> yes, like, that's I do a, remember that's that. That's enough. <laughs> if you say I love you, just put Dad. And I'm like, well, no, I can say I love you and then love Dad. No, no, Dad, you're you're doing it wrong. And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm doing it like I do it, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And it made perfect sense for you at the time. So yeah. we only questioned it insofar as we were like, all right, can we get him to stop doing this embarrassing thing? No, we can't. Okay, that's fine. There you go. Well, now what were you going to say about how did you remember? Well, I I have this vivid memory of when you um, I don't remember if it was just one time or if it was multiple times, but. There was a point at youth group at St. Ignatius back in the day where you just called everyone out. And I remember it because of how uncomfortable it was. So you called the entire room. There were probably like, what, 60 kids there in the room or all in high school? At, that time, yeah. at least. And you called them out and you got kind of heated and passionate, which was normal, but you were heated and passionate in a different way because we could tell that it was personal for you. And you were saying, I hear all these negative comments that y'all make to each other. I hear all the negative humor and it needs to stop. And I remember that. I was probably like 14 or 15 at the time. And I knew you weren't necessarily speaking to me, but I was just like, well, I know what he's talking about. You didn't have bad habits of of doing those things. No, I was pretty sarcastic though, but it was never, it was never like directed at one person to make fun of them. Or at least I tried not to. Well, the, even the word sarcasm comes from sock, where it's the tearing of the flesh. Well, yeah. That's, that's, the words are that biting. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what happened with me is it got to a point where I felt like I was drowning 
in that kind of stuff, in that kind of rhetoric. And I thought, what is, why do we justify this? Mm-hmm. Why do we say that this is okay? Especially those of us who proclaim ourselves as Christians, as followers of Christ. I'm sorry, I do not see Jesus ever speaking that way to anyone. Yeah. And people would say, oh, come on, we're buddies. Mm-hmm. We're friends, we're, we're close. Yeah, yep, I've seen that conversation happen right in front of me before. Like, this is okay? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you, so I'll tell you about my perspective from Please. being a youth minister as well. So I watch the middle school kids who are funny in that way and they know it. And so they will just attack everybody that they know, even their friends. And the people who are their friends, the other kids who are close to them will go, ha, ah, they'll kind of laugh it JK. off. JK. Oh yeah, I know you're kidding. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally kidding. And then I look at, 40 year old men who are from you know this area like the parents of the kids that are in my youth group and they act exactly the same way not everyone but there are definitely examples where you can see what we're talking about where the banter that happens between friends is extremely extremely sarcastic mm-hmm. and almost insulting and it's totally fine because you're friends quote unquote right so it becomes the acceptable behavior, especially when you just say that you're kidding. And, and it's learned. It's not like it's something. Well, I, I will say this, that, you know, middle schoolers are like, they're like terrible adults in the sense that they get away with murder, right. basically. Right. And because they're kids and they're not supposed to know all this stuff, they're a little bit more innocent than their parents, I guess, let them get away with it. It's not a criticism. It's just that's how middle schoolers are. And I think that if you allow that behavior to become part of how you interact with your peers, then it if it's never rooted out, if your parents never call you out on that or your friends never call you out on it, then of course that would become part of your behavior. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these parents are raising their kids to do the exact same thing. Yeah. So this, this is my point to, is please take a look because see, as a radio guy, I air check myself frequently. Mm-hmm. I'll go back and I'll listen to the show and because I host a, a show, co-host a show on morning radio, Catholic radio, and I'll go back and listen to it. And I do that for little idiosyncrasies that'll still creep back in mm-hmm. and too long of a pause or a filler sound or something like that. But yeah. I really do listen to the way that I'm speaking and making sure that the questions are good and poignant. But if you air check just yourself in conversation, just kind of go back and listen to yourself mm-hmm and try to figure out, is this really the way that I should be speaking to others? So what does this have to do with love languages? Well, because since people thought that my love language was words of affirmation, because now it's become this just habit for me. Yeah, I like to affirm people. I like to build them up with words. I love the reaction. Now, if their love language is words of affirmation, I can tell in four seconds mm-hmm. because of the way that they receive it. Because sometimes people, especially just as I said earlier, they get the defensive up. Like they put, they surround themselves with a wall going, this is a setup. Because they're so used to it that they assume there's nothing else that this could possibly be. Right, here it and comes. I've experienced that too, because I don't affirm people nearly as much as you do, but if you give someone a genuine affirmation, they almost don't know what to do with it. They do a long pause. Yeah, because they're like, okay, uh, what's the next part? Like, when uh, are you gonna make yeah, fun when, of me? Right, when are you gonna like hit me? Right. Where's the zinger? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, there is no zinger. It's like, how how sad is that, that some people expect it so much that they're like, there's no way that you could possibly be doing this for any other reason. And this is the, the amazing thing, especially when you are start talking about the love languages. 
you you really need to be creative to love somebody who their love language is receiving gifts. Yeah, you have to be creative. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of money, right. but you at least have to think about it. Sometimes you have to overcome certain things. Like some people really don't like to touch mm-hmm. others. Like I've I've had people that are like, you know, I really don't want to hug you, Todd. Which to me is like, wow, okay, I, don't, yeah, I never understand like that one. But I, no, but I get it, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But words of affirmation, even if it's not something that you're accustomed to, you can develop this habit. It does not take a great deal of effort to speak positively to people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. In fact, it is so stinking easy, I just don't understand why the world doesn't go through this simple transformation and just speaks properly to other people. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you why that is. It's because that's uncomfortable. And it's much easier, in a way, to just act the way that you were raised to act than it is to actually look at yourself and figure out what needs to change, especially when it comes to speech. I mean, the reason why it makes people uncomfortable when you give them genuine affirmations is not because they're not used to receiving affirmations. It's because they have developed this worldview based on their experiences that is for survival. It has nothing yeah. to do yeah. with good point with uh, the world being properly ordered in terms of people loving each other the right way that they're supposed to. It's ha- it has to do with how can I get through the day? And if your day is full of people making fun of you, and if it's full of sarcasm, then you have to do that in order to survive. You have to put those walls up. Yeah. So for you and I, what's kind of fun is to over a course of a number of months or even years, watch someone's walls come down in their relationship with you. Because if you affirm them enough, that starts to happen. Yeah, and then they know that they don't have to have defenses around you. Exactly. I've had people that have come to see me specifically because they're like, I just need a little Todd. Mm -hmm. And I know exactly what they mean. Because they've, you know, you get battered. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's like you're out there in a storm and your boat's like, <laughs> what the? Yeah. I'm laughing because it, it happens to me much more often with strangers than it does with people that I know. And yeah. maybe that's the difference in our charisms, the way that we interact with people. But I must give off this vibe of like, hey, I'm a good listener. Like, you should tell me your life story. Well, you do like, actually have that vibe. And, well, and that's fine. It's not like I'm complaining about this, but I definitely have these experiences frequently, like almost once a week, where a stranger, I'll greet them, we'll have a short like 30 second conversation, and then all of a sudden, they're like crying in my arms. Yeah, And it's not because of anything that I said or did, it's just I must give off this vibe of like, hey, I really care about your experiences. And there have been times when that's really uncomfortable for everyone, myself included. Mm -hmm. But there are also times when, like there was a woman that I met on a plane one time, and I'm gonna start crying if I talk about this, but I uh, had just gone through the experience with um, with Afton, where she got sick, remember? Oh, and so yeah. it was probably a That's year. I remember. Yeah, yeah. So Come it's on. like a year after that, and I was on this plane, and uh, I forget exactly what the situation was, but it had something to do with the baggage claim and something wasn't something wasn't right with what what people were trying so not the baggage claim but people putting their yeah, the their luggage yeah. in the overhead mm-hmm. compartments on the airplane something happened where there was a misunderstanding and people were yelling at each other or whatever and there was this woman who uh i, for, I forget even how we started talking but we kind of were observing what was going on and i said hey do you think we should we should go help or whatever so we were able to kind of go up there and talk to the folks and calm everybody down and 
then everybody went back to their seats and it was fine. And it turned out this woman and I were sitting across the aisle from one another and she starts telling me all about how her daughter had passed away the past year and like she was still dealing with that, but she was like, but I trust in the Lord. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do too because my, you know, my wife was sick or whatever. And so, um, it was this beautiful moment. I never saw her again. That was like six years ago. And we shared this incredibly intimate experience only because we both were like, hey, can, how can we help in this situation? Yeah. And then we just started talking and our our life stories just came out. So it was mutual in that in that instance. But I knew that it was okay for me to do that with her because yeah. of how she was speaking to me. I could tell yeah. in our interaction that I was safe, right? So I think when you're using words of affirmation, when you're affirming people authentically, what you're doing is letting them know like, hey, it is safe right now for us to talk. Mm-hmm. And you're not necessarily saying, hey, tell me your secrets. You're just saying like, this is a space where it's okay for you to authentically be yourself. That's beautiful. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Like when you're, when you're affirming someone, that's what you're saying psychologically. Exactly. So this is my challenge to everybody listening is try, just try to make your speech. If those are some of your habits with the sarcasm and the negative humor, try to make it more positive. Now, the way that I did it was I literally for a while had to stop talking. And then I would oftentimes try to just say the opposite of what I was thinking Mm -hmm. because I was thinking of some funny biting things to say. And then I would say the opposite and it was disjointed. I was so uncomfortable at first and the people's reaction was uncomfortable and weird. They were waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I will say that for a while, people thought that I was joking and I wasn't. And it was a it was a long journey until finally it got to a point where people got accustomed to it. Now they kind of joke about it. And expect it. They do expect it. Like my kids one time sent me a picture, all the older kids, the bigs were having a dinner and they sent a picture of all the kids together. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to call the police. There's too much beauty in one room or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then one of you text back, I win, meaning you had guessed what dad was going to text because I'm that predictable. Yes. And I don't care. Yeah. I I don't mind being that predictable because if I'm, if I'm going to be known for something now, I want it to be where love comes out of my mouth. Yeah, exactly. I want people to experience love by what I say. Mm-hmm. And that's anyone, that's anyone that you encounter. Just, just to say sweet things to the barista at the coffee shop. Yeah. Anyone that I encounter now, I want it to be positive speech, mm-hmm. positive speech. Yeah. Hey, do you have a cool thing today? I do actually. Do you have one? I do. Okay, cool. Here we go. Hit it up, baby. I'm totally going to win, by the way. You probably will. If you can win with the mantis shrimp, one cool thing. then what chance do I have? Yeah, the mantis shrimp was awesome. One cool thing. I cannot believe that. One cool thing. 300 mile an hour car beaten by a shrimp. What was the brand of the car again? The Hennessy F Venom. So it's something. made by a liquor company. Very funny. Okay. Sorry, was that sarcastic and biting? Uh, is it, it not? It wasn't biting. At okay. all. Sorry. Cool. Oh, dang. Now I can't find the video that I was no. looking at earlier. Well, what was it? It is. Now, I can't remember the name of it, but it's these Bluetooth AirPod looking things. Oh, dang it. You're going to win. That go in your ear and they translate. They automatically translate 
into another language. I've seen those. That is awesome. So these ones, you just talk into it and then you give the other one to the other person and the you're speaking and then what's going in their ear is their language. That is wild. That's one of the really cool oh. things about... Okay, so mine mine is a tech thing as well. So um, that's really awesome. Uh, how fast can a fully loaded 18-wheeler go from zero to 60? Oh, glory. Okay. On average. Yeah. Because it's different, obviously, from truck to truck, but just on average. Fully loaded with a 53-footer like, yeah, behind eight, let's it? Let's say 80,000 pounds. Oh, man. I mean, I would say it's going to take a good 20 seconds. No, it's more like double that. On average, about 40 to 45 seconds. Okay. Right. So it takes a long time. And there are truckers who will, will time this, even if they have a really nice, brand new, updated trucks. It still takes them about 40 seconds if they're fully loaded to get up to 60 miles an hour. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. So uh, we all know that I am a huge fan of Tesla. Right? Indeed. So the Tesla Semi. Oh, my gosh. Um, when it's fully loaded with an 80,000-pound trailer, how fast do you think you can go from zero to 60? I don't even want to venture a guess. 20 seconds, <laughs> which means that it, it's, it's going to not only revolutionize trucking, but it's going to change the way that truckers drive because they're used to having to look around and, and watch the traffic around them in a certain particular way because if they don't, it can be really dangerous. Yeah. But this is going to change the way they drive because it's like going from the speed of an 18-wheeler, how long it takes you to go from 0 to 60 from a red light, to still slow, but you're going to be able to keep up with the rest of traffic just fine. Well, it depends when you say still slow because it takes my Ford Ranger about 30 seconds to go from to go zero, 0 to 60. He's so fully loaded. So he Tesla will pass semi. me. <laughs> He will pass me. Have you seen the videos on YouTube of the the truck, the the Tesla truck by itself? Yeah, it looks pretty ba. Not only that, have you seen the videos of it accelerating, where it, there's smoke coming from the tires? Yeah, and yeah. it looks like it shouldn't, like something that big shouldn't be able to move that fast. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I I love Tesla. Like I've done a deep dive into all the stuff that's going on with their company. So that's awesome. You got a song for us? I do actually. All right. I did not tune this guitar. <laughs> so we'll just see how we're doing here. Yeah, that's good enough. Close enough for government work. Yes, indeed. Here we go. This is called Fall Too Far. Oh, I love this song. There were times when I feel like I'm invincible Like nothing can touch me And there were times when I feel like I'm so breakable That a breeze could shake me and There were times when I feel loved And I'm overcome like when I was 18 There are times when I don't feel Anything at all Just beat up and empty Oh Lord I won't fall, I won't fall 
times when I'm so lost Getting through the dark And that's where you find me Yeah Cause I won't fall, I won't fall too far Oh, and as long as you don't make this too hard Yeah, my heart's already broken and scarred So I'm begging you, don't make this too hard If they tell you it gets easier I won't fall, I won't fall too far As long as you don't make this too hard Yeah, my heart's already broken and hard So I'm begging you, don't make this too hard Yeah, my heart's already covered in scars so what's one more if you don't make this too hard? That's awesome. I love that song. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Potter Familius. Catch you all next time. Do all the things.